We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hyundai Studios, presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. And Odyssey Station, WSCR and HD Chicago, WBMX HD2 Chicago. The Score! This hour is brought to you by Team Hockberg. Visit their website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Happy Saturday morning, Chicago. It's November 13th. Welcome inside the clubhouse here at Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, the Bears are idle Sunday, but baseball never takes a weekend off. And we are here to discuss plenty of possibility in this offseason for the Cubs and the White Sox. And we are discussing it with the man who knows what's going to happen and who was out there in Carlsbad, California. DM meetings are regular source of information and insight every Saturday morning. Bruce Levine joins me until 11 o'clock. Good morning, Bruce. How you doing? David, don't sell yourself short, my friend. Uh, you are the co-host of the show. You drive the show and you have an awful lot of your own information and context. And we are here, as David said, for you 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball on the score. The number is 312-644-6767 get in. Plenty to talk about, about where the Cubs and the White Sox are going. David, where would you like to start? Well, we're going to start by at least setting uh, an agenda, let people know what's coming up, because we're broadcasting live for the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers at 930, Bruce. Thank you for lining up Mike Rizzo, the Nationals general manager, World Series winning general manager, Chicago guy made good. He'll join us here on the program. 10 o'clock, Russ Dorsey from the Sun-Times covers the Cubs very well for them. And also, we have our regular segment with people don't want to miss, Chicago Bound. We, we will throw out a couple players who might be possibilities for the Cubs and the White Sox. But as it pertains to the news of the week, I think that you were out there and – I'm curious from your perspective, Bruce, you did a terrific job for Marquee Sports Network interviewing Jed Hoyer, interviewing Carter Hawkins. I know the Cubs were the focus of your visit, but you are also there for Rick Hahn talking. You heard everyone speak. Just overall, the general sense of do you feel like in this 
baseball, my where where we are right now, this baseball landscape as we head into November, and we're in the mid mid November now, and and that that deadline, December first, looms. How active of an offseason will this be, not only for the Cubs and Sox, but for everybody as CBA as a CBA crisis looms? Right, and, and, and that's a great point, David, that you bring up, and it's a good place to start because uh, as White Sox fans and Cub fans look to see who will be the part of their team, who won't be a part of their team in 2022, the CBA, which is, of course, the collective bargaining agreement, uh, between uh, baseball's players union and owners is up on December 1st. That's only a short couple weeks away now. So from that perspective, uh, what does that mean? That means that as of December 1st, unless there's any type of continuance that is agreed upon, which does rare, rarely happens in these deadlines, if there's not an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement between both sides, Baseball stops working, okay? And that means that one or the other, and it's more likely that uh, ownership would start a lockout uh, at that point until there was a new agreement. A lockout means that baseball shuts down completely. There is no talking between teams. There is no talking between agents, players, and uh and the teams they work for cannot talk to each other. It is a complete shutdown of the industry. And that would be not good for everybody involved, but it's a realistic thing that we're looking at here. So from all of that, uh, your question you know, bounces back at me. Did that impact these meetings and how people are doing business? And the answer to that, and, and I talked to 10 different uh, presidents of teams or general managers as well as a few managers that were there as well. None of them believe that it is stopping them at the present time from approaching uh, getting new players, making trades, or dealing with um, free agent signings. So we saw Andrew Heaney uh, sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers as a free agent. We've right. seen a few minorly, minor things done. Uh, the agents were talking uh, at length to uh, to the general managers and the presidents of teams, uh, the agents for the players who are free agents. So it was like every GM meeting I've been to, and I've, I think I've been to the last 27, um, they're the same activities, the same conversations. But they all agreed, David, that uh, there is a dark cloud over the whole situation and that if it came to signing a guy to a five-year deal or it came to trading for a guy with a long-term contract, there would be some hesitation. I, I talked to a couple owners uh, over the last few days. They said that uh, there shouldn't be any fear for teams wanting to make trades for guys that have long-term contracts or signing long-term deals because there would be a grace period for anything that was done before it occurred. However, there's still that hesitation, David. So, Bruce, let me play this out because, you know, hypothetically speaking, and that's what we deal with here is the hypotheticals. We speculate. We are a sports talk radio station. When you look at where we are, we have 17 days left before the deadline, December 1st. It's November 13th. Does the reality that you just described, and I think you did it well, but you look at guys at the top of the market, the Scott Boris clients, a lot of guys who are – know they're going to get paid what they want to get paid. 
they're more likely to typically wait until the end. You don't see them maybe swooping in and signing a deal because they're, not af- they're afraid it's not going to be there. Do you think that the realities as the ticking clock gets closer to, toward December 1st favors guys maybe either in the middle or the bottom of the respective markets at their positions? And I'm thinking specifically there are about five or six shortstops that are considered elite shortstops. Could that benefit somebody or could somebody take advantage of that find a team that he likes and sign because I don't want to deal with the uncertainty and we don't know where this is headed. It's a great question because of the fact that um, each individual franchise will probably have a different view of uh, which way to go Uh, for teams that are pretty much complete. Let's just look at the White Sox, for example. Okay, That's a pretty complete team. They might need uh, three little things to be done. One of them might be a big thing. Uh, they might they might sign or trade for a big pitcher. They might sign or trade for a second baseman. They might sign or trade for a right fielder. But uh, that that's a pretty complete team with a, with an agenda for hey, if the right guys out there right now, and we need to get this done, let's get it done in the next two weeks. Our team will be complete. We'll sit back with a smile on our face and our arms folded in front of us and wait for everything else to shake out, whether it takes uh, till uh, February, March, or April, and we'll be ready to go because we are, we are a complete team. For a team like the Cubs, it, it might be a different thing altogether because with so many areas, as, um, as Jed Hoyer admitted at the meetings, we have a lot of holes to fill. Uh, do you start doing that with uh, peripheral players, good players, but not long-term contracts, good players, but not necessarily players that you're going to have for two or three years? Do you start doing that before you know what the rules are and, and what, you know, what is uh, the reality of a new CBA? I think for, uh, for the Chicago teams, it might be two different variations, although uh, to the credit of the Chicago Cubs we saw a week ago, them strike very fast on the waiver wire and pick up uh, Wade Miley and and quickly uh, commit ten million dollars to him as one of their starting pitchers next year. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. What holes would you like to see the White Sox and the Cubs fill in this off season? And would you like to see them strike quickly and take advantage of the next seventeen days left before the CBA expires and we go into limbo? If that is indeed where baseball is headed, Bruce. And I want to get back to your your presence at the meetings I found it interesting that you know Jed Hoyer seemed as relaxed as ever pretty confident pretty he just seemed like Jed Hoyer uh, watching you interview him on the Marquee Sports Network wondered what you thought the biggest takeaway was during that interview and as you alluded to how active do you think the Cubs will be or does that depend on what happens with the CBA well uh, the uh as I talked to you on Thursday um, on um, Mully and Haw, the, in, the the new enthusiasm that Hoyer is showing, uh, as you pointed out, uh, just the energy uh, that it was exuding from him with a new front office and a new general manager and a new assistant general manager and a new direction uh, going forward uh, with the, with the uh, cloud of you know Theo Epstein, who was the ultimate boss now uh, a year away after uh, he left and and Jed is the top baseball voice for the Chicago Cubs I, I think it's it, it's just a, a, a kind of a 
push forward for him and the organization that they are clear to Theo. And by that, I don't mean it's a it's a great thing that Theo's not there anymore, but that uh, a- after a year of having to do some really difficult things, maybe, David, the most difficult thing things that any general, any president or general manager has ever had to do in the history of the Chicago Cubs, if you think about it, trading away a World Series group, uh, all-stars and, uh, you know, future, you know, possible Hall of Famers down the road, uh, and all one swoop, uh, that, uh, there, there is that feeling that the monkey is off his back and he's ready to go. Uh, as far as, um, the direction they're going. Um, I just believe that right now there's uh, there's plenty of uh, areas to fill. You know, there's speculation that they might bring back Javier Baez. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but they they will probably go out and get themselves a shortstop. Uh, there there are needs that they have to fill. There's no question about it. How do you do that, and how much time? David, I'm going to ask you this. What is a realistic timeline in your mind for the Chicago Cubs to be a competitive team, uh, just n- not to try to win 80, 80 to 85 games, but a competitive team once again uh, for the future? Well, Bruce, I'm of the mindset, and it may, may be naive at times, but I, I believe that if you're uh, in Chicago and you have the wherewithal and the resources the Cubs do, that you should be competitive next year. And by that, I mean you're in the 85 to 90 win range, and we know what can happen, and we just saw what can happen. If you win 88 and get into the playoffs and take a you-never-know approach, you never know Atlanta Braves. You might be planning a parade and and speeding through it after you win a World Series. So if you're the Chicago Cubs, I approach this offseason, yeah, okay, you traded everybody, you made history, you, you you, you got rid of nine guys, and you got all these prospects, and look at us now, but... That doesn't excuse you from having a, a, a mulligan, uh, pardon the co-host reference, but <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't get a mulligan in 2022. I think you have to be competitive. I think you have to put a team out there that's capable of getting to the wild card at least. I don't know that you're going to beat uh, the Brewers, but you look at the division, Bruce, and you tell me, how many teams are trying to win that division and how many teams are now accepting they're going to lose it because you have the Reds and the Pirates now conceding essentially before we know what's going to happen with the CBA. So if you're the Cubs, you pounce, you take advantage of that. You go out and you supplement your roster, you use your resources, and you put yourself in a position to get to the playoffs. Uh, Do you consider 23, 24, 25 as you're making your moves? I do think you can do both. I do think that you have to be shrewd enough to try to be on parallel tracks and that you don't disrespect or mortgage the future but you can also be more competitive in the present. And I don't know that it's either or when you're dealing. I, I, and, and, again, that's where maybe some people will have some, you know, that's, that's, that's frankly, that, that's where the argument is open for criticism or some people can poke some holes in it. But I do think that you can have parallel tracks aligned where you can compete without necessarily saying that you have abandoned your, your future or forgotten it. And I think the Cubs are in that situation because they protected the future by unloading and conceding when they did in July of last summer. Now that they have done that, okay, reload and try to do what you can to compete in 2022. So in other words, look at the future, get players uh, maybe that are uh, projectable for three, four, five years 
that you can hold on to, but also maybe two or three more Wade Miley's that can help you compete in 2022 and be flippable at the trade deadline if it's not working out? I think that means, yeah, the Wade Miley sneaky good signing is a good example. Maybe you can find another starting pitcher. Maybe you can piece together rotation. Maybe you want to spend your big money, your big ticket is a starting pitcher if he's available. But you go out and you get either a Castellanos or a Correa or somebody who is a big ticket item that reflects how many resources you still do have and then you find a way to supplement your pitching because that's what you still do need, and you try to do both, and you, you keep your head above water in 2022, and you flirt with the playoffs and maybe sneak in, and then in 2023 you're in a position to, to, to do more damage, Bruce. But I don't like the idea of a big market team like the Cubs with the tra- tradition they have come to now represent going into any season feeling like, okay, we're accepting the fact that we're going to be worse than 500 because to me that's unacceptable. Yeah, I don't see that happening necessarily, and I think the points you make are really good ones. Uh, the, the Cubs have always had, uh, except for a few brief moments here and there, they've always had a superstar at least to, uh, to at least, I wouldn't say placate the Cub fans, but to someone to <laughs> entertain and sell tickets around. Right now, as we speak in the offseason, they don't necessarily have that, and, I, and I, I don't think that that should be the goal of the organization to just sell tickets uh, because the Cubs will always sell tickets because of the Cubs. But uh, the idea that uh, you, you want to hold on to uh, what you've gained all over these years, the, the Cubs have uh, done a terrific job of, of building up the, uh, the great Cub brand to the point where uh, people, it's a, a must must go place you don't want that to slip very much further so from the point of bringing in a star or two and maybe bringing back a star um you you must get the attention of your fan base i mean that that's essential here well that's what i wanted bruce before we slip in a phone call here did you get a sense of the cubs priorities as a line as a as they pertain to locking up wilson Contreras long term signing a big ticket free agent this offseason and, or positioning themselves with their minor league system for the future with prospects. I mean, and those three things, I think, are all big points of conversation this offseason. But if you had to prioritize them, how do you think the Cubs do? Getting uh, pitching prospects that fit in now and for the future and, and okay. rebuilding rebuilding, and trying to compete and win in a different way than they did the last time, David, where uh, – you know, they did a terrific job of, uh, of finding young players in the draft and uh, drafting uh, very high and being able to come up with the, uh, you know, the guys like Bryant and Schwarber and eventually Hap and then uh, filling in with free agents uh, pitching because uh, they, they put most of their payroll over the last five or six years toward pitching. I think they're going to do it the opposite way by uh, pushing as hard as they can to 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 find young pitching, develop young pitching, and then uh, fill in along the way uh, with, with hitting. I, I think that's the direction they're going, and I, I think it's the right way to go. Bruce, the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com, 312-644-6767. And that is where we find Riles out in Gridley. Good morning, Riles. Welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. Morning, David. Uh, uh, thanks for taking my call, and thanks, Bruce. Congratulations on getting your questions in to Boros. 
and uh, for being ha- having your finger on the pulse of baseball. Now, my question is, with you having talked to some of the big wigs out there, are they prepared for the backlash that's going to go on with uh, with lifelong baseball fans such as myself? If they ramrod through the net, the universal DH, I I really don't want that. It it fundamentally changes the game. Um, I love baseball, always have, but this is it for me. Uh, I I can't take it if they go to universal DH. What is going to happen? Riles, thanks for the call. And, and, and you know it's a good one because, like Riles, David, I've always been a a National League guy as far as the way the game is played. However, to be honest with you, um, after getting a taste of it last year, David, uh, with, in 2020, when uh, both sides used it, um, I would have to say um, I, I didn't miss it as much as I thought I would. Okay. No. I, I'm, I wonder what your you take is on it. You won't, you what, won't what, miss it. You won't miss it. What's your take? Nobody wants to see pitchers hit. I, I don't want to see... I'm tired of watching guys who were great on the mound look so overmatched at the plate. I don't think that's necessarily important to preserve baseball's integrity. I think that it's time to move on. Everybody needs to accept having a DH makes a lot more sense than letting the pitcher go up to the plate and uh, and flail uh, aimlessly three times at a, at a fastball right. he can't catch up to. Quickly before the break, I'll make this point. Baseball struggles mightily to score runs, period, right now. Uh, they need all the help they can get, and DH is uh, probably the right way to go to help the National League at least come up a two or three points in batting average. And we agree. 20 minutes into this show, Bruce, we are on, in agreement on one point. I guarantee you it won't happen again today. Okay, let's make sure of that. But next, <laughs> we, we, we both agree our next guest is a great get and a good uh, good guy to talk to when it comes to baseball when it comes to Chicago when it comes to anything Mike Rizzo the Washington Nationals general manager World Series winning general manager joins us next inside the clubhouse Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s it's better over here. only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mike Rizzo, the general manager. Dave Martinez, the field manager. 
Here they are, one strike away, one out away. 3 2. Here it is! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. Talking baseball like we do 52 weeks out of the year. That was a highlight from the 2019 World Series where the Washington Nationals won, and I'm sure that our next guest never gets tired of listening to that one. And it's time now to go to the guest hotline sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that's where we find a Chicago guy made good, the president of the Washington Nationals, Mike Rizzo. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for your time. Good morning, David. How are you? Doing well. We're here with Bruce, and we're talking baseball till 11. But before we get there, Mike, got to ask, how are the Bears handling Justin Fields? I know you're watching closely. Well, you know, it was kind of a, it kind of a, a, a crazy start for, uh, for a talented player. And, uh, you know, I'm no expert on, on how to develop football players. But uh, yeah, it's tough when you throw a, uh, throw a young kid in there uh, that, uh, that's not surrounded by, uh, by uh, talent uh, to uh, – to make it competitive. So he's got some challenges ahead of him, but uh, when I've seen him in, in at Ohio state, he, uh, he handled it. Uh, he handles it pretty well. He's got a great skill set to play in the NFL. So. Good morning, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Good morning, Mike. It was great seeing you in person hey, again. And, and uh, t- tell, tell us initially, what it's like just to be together with uh, with the other GMs again and presidents of uh, teams like yourself, uh, and and just the feel good of uh, hopefully moving you know further away from COVID times and back to normal times for uh, baseball. Yeah, it brings it uh, it brings a little bit more normality to uh, to the situation, uh, you know, and it's it's nice to see guys that you haven't seen for a while, but it's really. Uh, easier, way easier to do business. Uh, you know, it, it's it's got that personal interaction. You're 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 having meetings, then your breakaways. You you know, you see GMs in the corner doing some discussions and that type of thing. And uh, it, it it really makes doing business, making trades, a, a heck of a lot easier. Uh, by because you're you're uh, you know you're within arm's length uh, of of other people. So uh, uh, it was great to see you guys. Uh, it was. Uh, it was good. It was good to uh, to get back into uh, a little bit of a normal routine and uh, and talk baseball face to face with some people. So speaking of that, Mike, uh, you know the, the conversation among baseball fans and sports radio stations and uh, and people who talk sports everywhere is has the CBA affected conversations as usual between presidents of uh, teams and general managers? and agents and uh, the ability to make trades. Is there a cloud over uh, whether you should or shouldn't pull the trigger uh, before the CBA situation is decided? Well, there, there really uh, has not. Uh, we're, I know we are treating things as business as usual. Uh, if opportunities uh, are out there that make sense for us. We're certainly not going to wait around to, uh, to make those decisions. Uh, you know, we're usually an aggressive team early on in the, in the off season, and, and that's not going to change. And I, I think uh, that's kind of in the sentiment of everybody I spoke to is is that uh, uh, you know we we are going to uh, do our business the way we've always done it, and uh, and I think that's uh, that's the uh, blueprint that a lot of teams have right now. So, Mike, I, I guess the 
when you look at your offseason, the most uh, commonly asked question you'll have to face is what to do with Juan Soto. And your history with Scott Boris dealing is, is a good one, and you have had some successful negotiations. But when you wake up uh, uh, earlier this week and you see the Washington Post giving you advice of offering a $500 million over 15 years, it tells <laughs> you the kind of things and, uh, that, that you're up against. Uh, how would you frame those discussions and, and, and how would you prioritize that in terms of what your off season is going to, to bring? Well, I think, I think the, you know, of utmost uh, long-term uh, importance for us is to, you know, to make uh, Juan Soto a, uh, a long-term uh, member of the Washington nationals. Uh, now let's not forget, we have him for three more years uh, to begin with. Uh, we certainly would like to, uh, to have him here for a, a, a really long time. And, uh, you know he is he is our priority. He's the, he's the guy that uh, we we plan to uh, build around. He's he's a key part of uh, of our 2019 World Championship, and uh, you know, he's one of the best players in the game. And uh, you know you see that uh, you know the the uh, the game and the talent base is getting younger and faster and better. And uh, and you know he certainly is is one of the greats in the game. And uh, you know we're fortunate enough that. Uh, our, our scouts saw him early on in his in his career. We signed him, developed him, and uh, you know he's turned into a star for us uh, in the big leagues before our eyes. Chicago's own Mike Rizzo, the president of baseball operations for the Washington Nationals, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse this Saturday morning. And Mike, uh, how are presidents and general managers held hostage of contracts that other people sign? In other words. Is a Mike Rizzo or a Dave Dombrowski or a Jed Hoyer held hostage by the situations where a Mike Trout signs a 10-year deal, a uh, Fernando Tatis signs a 13-year deal, um, and by by all definition, these are the greatest players in the game. They deserve the most money. But how how much do you feel? Uh, out of uh, that it's out of your control sometimes when you have a superstar and somebody's already dictated what price those superstars are worth? Well, you know, Bruce, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, uh, but I think my answer is always, you know, all these, all these situations and scenarios are, are, are different because the, each individual is different. Each, each player has different needs and wants. Uh, I think that uh, relationships are probably the most important aspect of, of trying to get a long-term deal done. Uh, you know, you're talking about uh, allocating a lot of years and a lot of money uh, to a, to a single player, and uh, we've done it in the past. We've we've signed long-term uh, lucrative contracts with with players that have worked out. Uh, and uh, I always say when you when you start talking about you know five, six, seven, ten-year deals that uh, that you're talking about, you know, you're you're signing the person as well as much as the player. That that's how I think about it. it you know, what, what type of person are you getting? Do you want that person to retire with the Washington Nationals uniform on? And uh, those are the guys that uh, if your answer is yes, we, we want this guy long term, then you have to do everything you can uh, to to get him signed. And, uh, you know, sometimes you sometimes it works and, and sometimes you, you get the you get the player uh, signed long term. And sometimes it just it doesn't work out for that player. So, uh, 
but I think that uh, you always have to negotiate and, and, and talk to players in good faith. You have to have a great relationship with them. Uh, so they trust that your your franchise is going in the right direction, and will be it will be uh, you'll be a good caretaker for his career and for the and for the organization. And I think if uh, if you have that rapport and that relationship, uh, and the money lines up, I think that uh, uh, you you have a you have a solid chance of uh, of keeping your own. And Mike, I think when you look at what you've done with the Nationals, it's remarkably consistent. You know, year in and year out, it seems you pivot and do whatever you need to do given the season, given the moment, given the economic climate. And, and I heard uh, you, I guess I read a, co- a comment from you uh, this week where you said you basically just stay true to the plan. It's a tried and true plan. And so often in sports, whether it's, you know, I, I kidded about the Bears or whatever it is with the Bulls, and we know in different teams and different stages, the plan sometimes changes. But when you say stay true to the plan, how would you describe your plan? Well, our plan, our plan is to uh, always has been to uh, to do this thing through scouting and player development. Uh, we we've, we've got uh, as good as scouts uh, in the field as anyone in baseball. We developed some of the most uh, uh, impactful players in, in the game. Uh, you can run down the roster of players that we've drafted and, and signed, and you know you just just look at this year. We you know you a good chance you have the American League Cy Young Award winner and Robbie Ray, a National League Cy Young Award winner and Max Scherzer. MVP candidates and Soto and uh, and Harper, those are all 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 drafted, uh, developed and signed by by our group. And uh, so those are impactful players. We've 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 been lucky and had uh, some great impact players uh, drafted by our our, our scouts. Uh, international people are signing superstar players, uh, and uh, and our development people are, are are getting them major league ready. So. I think the tried and true method is to uh, is to draft and sign your own and and uh, and develop them into into stars and to and to sprinkle in there when the time is right to to uh, uh, sprinkle in there uh, you know basically free agents and acquire players in any any venue you can uh, draft free agent international free agent trade market so there's there's all, a whole sorts whole bunch of ways to uh, to acquire players and uh, and you know our goal is uh, our, our bar is high you know we we've We've gone through the last 11 years. We've been a championship caliber club. We've won as many games as anybody in baseball except for two or three different teams. We've won four division titles, a world wild card championship, and a world championship in, in you know, four and 15 short years of being in existence. So uh, we've gone through this rebuild process before, this reboot. Uh, and, and, to, and remember, Bruce, you'll remember this. In 2009, when I took over as a GM, we have coming off two 100 lost seasons. Uh, and, uh, and three short years later, we won 98 games, the most in Major League Baseball. So we've been through this before. We've got a blueprint on how to do it the right way. Uh, we're, uh, we're well on our way uh, on, uh, on rebooting this process and, uh, and with great support from our ownership and, and, uh, and the community. I think that uh, you're going to see us successful in the very, very near future again. Mike, what is the uh, magic, what is the key to working with Scott Boros and cutting through all of the uh, initial stuff and getting down to business with one of the more uh, brilliant uh, baseball people and, and minds in the game who controls uh, some of the greatest players in the game? Well, I think the important fact is, and Scott recognizes this all the time, you know, uh, Scott Boris and, and every other agent works for the players. It's not the it's not vice versa. So uh, 
you know, the, uh, the player's the boss, and he dictates and directs what uh, what he wants uh, the representative to, to do. Uh, and, again, I go back to if you have that good relationship with the players, uh, uh, with your player, and uh, you've treated them right in the past, and you, you map out a, uh, a blueprint of, of consistent winning and consistent caretaking of, of a franchise, I think you have a really good chance to uh, – to lock people up for the long term because they like to be there and they want to be there. Now the money's got to work. We all know that. Uh, you right. said it best. Uh, you know these the great players are making are making uh, a lot of money, which they deserve. You know Sinatra made a lot of money too. You know when he, when he uh, when you should see him singing. So uh, these guys uh, these guys are the best of, uh, at their craft. They're uh, they're uh, elite uh, athletes and elite players. Uh, they're you know they're one of the one of the uh, top. Uh, what is it? Seven hundred baseball players in the world and you're talking to the top one percent of of that uh, very very small number so you know wh- whatever they get they deserve and i always i always say what is a player worth the player is worth what he can get and i, I think that it's uh, it's a it's a process that works well and uh and i think that uh you know talent plays and you have to have impactful guys to uh, to win in the big leagues Mike, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about a guy that uh, you acquired and then uh, traded, Kyle Schwarber, who people here in Chicago came to appreciate for a very long time and in, in, in the Cubs uh, fans' case, always will. Uh, what was that experience like and, and how uh, gratifying was it to see actually Kyle have some success in the postseason and make the most of that opportunity? Well, Schwarz is unbelievable with our with our club. He fit in seamlessly. He's a he's a great guy. He's a fun loving guy, but works hard and hates to lose. And and that's a great formula for uh, our organization. He fit in like a glove uh, in the clubhouse, in the community, uh, uh, and you know, of course between the lines, he was great. He started off slow, like like our whole team did. You know, we had that big COVID outbreak early on. Eleven players uh, got uh, got had had to be put on the COVID list. It started our season off right after. Uh, well, it was opening day, uh, and uh, but I I've been around baseball a long time. I've never seen a month like uh, like Kyle Schwarber had uh, uh, when uh, when he went on that power tear. I remember talking with Davey in, in Davey's office uh, when we were struggling, and uh, we were kicking around different ways to maybe jumpstart the team and that type of thing. And uh, and we you know we discussed uh, moving Schwarbs to the uh, to the leadoff uh, role. Uh, you know, unconventional and all that stuff. And Davey said they had done it with the Cubs a few times. And uh, we said, well, what the hell? We have nothing. What do we got to lose here? We're, we're playing terrible. And, and Schwarbs uh, accepted the role and, and went on a tear. And uh, and really, we, we were really going in the right direction. We, we went from, I think, uh, you know, eight or nine games out of first place when Schwarber got, uh, got hot. And uh, we're about two games out of first base, if I remember correctly, when uh, – when he hit that double, t- took the turn around first base and blew out, and that was really the beginning of the end of our season. So uh, it was unfortunate for us uh, that uh, that he got injured, but uh, but you know he was terrific while he's here, and uh, he he was missed when he came back with Boston at the end of the season. He got a resounding uh, uh, reception uh, by by the fan base, uh, and that's for a guy who played for us what for about three or four months, and uh, uh, so. If that tells you everything you need to know about Kyle Schwarber. On a, a personal and Chicago note, uh, we lost uh, one of the great baseball men in the last uh, 60 years and a guy that probably was walking around your house and, and coming in and uh, talking to your dad when you were six, seven, eight, ten 10 years old. Uh, 
baseball lost uh, Art Stewart, one of the great baseball people and scouts uh, last week at age 94. Uh, just talk a, a few minutes about the impact of Art on you personally in the game of baseball. Well, yeah, Artie was, uh, you know, he was uh, near and dear to my heart. He was, he was one of my dad's best friends. And uh, you're right. I, w- you know, I, I remember going to uh, Art, Art's, um, you know, trial camps when I was a little, when I was just a kid. And uh, so I've known him for, for uh, you know, 50, 52 years or something like that. Uh, and uh, it, it was, it was always, it was always great when, uh, when I would run into him, out, uh, you know, out, out in the field somewhere at a, uh, at a high school game or a college game, or obviously when we played the Royals or, or uh, in, uh, in the Arizona Fall League. He was always a breath of fresh air. He always had a positive outlook and attitude. Uh, and uh, he used to always tell me to, uh, to respect the game and, and uh, remember how fortunate we are to work in it uh, because uh, it's, not, it's not a right, it's an honor. So, and uh, you have to always remember that. So. He made a big impact on me and, and a big impact on uh, on the industry, and uh, and he'll be missed. So uh, we're losing a lot of those. We're losing a lot of them. We lost, you know, Nick Hamzik years ago, and Chuck Coney uh, has always been, you know, one of one of my mentors, and uh, right. and uh, now Artie Stewart and uh, and my dad, and my dad, and uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's that time of our lives where we're starting to lose these uh, these mentors and. Uh, and you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll see these type of people again in, in our game, and uh, and we'll, they'll they'll continue to have these these great baseball mentors in the game, teaching the young guys how to how to play the game, teaching the young uh, executives how to how to uh, be caretakers of the game, and to and to treat this game with kid gloves because it, it's. It's a it's a tough tough business, but it, it's it's often fragile at times, and uh, we have to really we have to really uh, realize that uh, that the fans are the most important part of this thing, and and we have to we have to make sure that uh, that we're doing the right we're doing right by them. You're well put, Mike. Thank like, you so much. Yep. Yeah, spoken like a true Chicagoan. You might live in Washington and Florida, but you'll always be a Chicagoan. Mike, thanks a million for joining us today. Uh, have a great off season. I'll see you hopefully at the winter meetings in another few weeks. Sounds good. Always a pleasure, Bruce. Enjoy the second half of the Bears season, Mike. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Mike Rizzo, the president of baseball operations for the Washington Nationals. Bruce, good stuff there, especially at the end. You can hear uh, uh, the sincerity in his voice when he talks about the game and the people who have been important to him over the years. We got to move, We have to move on. We have more Talk about the GM meetings out in California. Get your impressions of Scott Boris next here inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The School. For me, Bryant, you know, he's tall, he's statured. He's kind of the Sean Connery of Major League Baseball, okay? So when you think of him, the, the image, you know, we have to be formally Hollywood about this, you know, about the image of Sean Connery. He's kind of a, he has positional versatility that makes him untouchable. He has Bond-like abilities to create a great middle of the lineup. He's always red hot in the hunt for October. (laughs) He's an extraordinary gentleman and is in a league of his own. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. David Hall, Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. Yeah, that was a voice of Scott Boris, super agent and assistant baseball commissioner, it seems. 
His words carry a lot of weight, Bruce. They also can be nonsensical at times. Mixture of both, I think, this week at the GM meetings. You were there. You even got a question in. What, were you, what was your overall impression when Scott Boris is done holding court, when you walk away shaking your head, and I imagine you did, what are you thinking? Uh, well, I, I just ignore all the hyperbole and just uh, get uh, my questions in directly. Uh, you know, I got a couple questions in directly about uh, free agents, directly about uh, will you meet with the White Sox, and he said yes. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we come up with uh, some of the players that might be involved with the uh, White Sox and Boros uh, conversations in our future segment here uh, of uh, Chicago Bound. But, uh, David, I, you know, uh, he knows that I don't listen to all the BS and that I, I you know, I, I just tone it out. Uh, he's an entertaining guy. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. Way beyond, uh, you know, all the hype and having the, the best players in the game and, uh, you know, controlling the game uh, pretty much is one of the real powers of the game because of the players he controls. Um, he's a brilliant guy. So I've heard this act, you know, for the last, uh, sure. Gosh, goes back to Greg Maddox signing with Atlanta. What's that? 1993. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, that was his first real big free agent signing for Boros. But if his uh, intended audience is only the only audience that matters are the teams that he's negotiating with or the executives that he's dealing with, why does he put on the public production, which is basically geared toward the media and fans and, you know, and makes us wonder, is this a guy who is brilliant? He is brilliant, but is, is the way that he conducts this kind of business publicly good for baseball or a ridiculous distraction? Oh, no, it's, it's essential to him recruiting uh, other players because he's known as the agent to the stars, David. It's it's important that he keeps his name out there. He knows it's it's goofy and uh, that it, it's over the top. But you know, here in this off season, here one of the one of the top free agents was coming up uh, off of a career year, and that's Marcus Simeon, 45 home runs, been with his agent for a while, long time. All of a sudden, he's in a position to make himself uh, money. Uh, you know generational money for his family and way beyond by signing a five, six or seven year deal at age 30, uh, moving on 31 after coming off 45 home runs, he switched agents. He's now a Scott Boris client, that type of hype, that type of uh, high profile, that type of conversation of him uh, believing that uh, no matter what they say about you, it's only the only thing important is that they talk about you. Uh, I think that's, that's why Scott Boris does all that, uh, you know, dog and pony show and the, uh, you know, all the, uh, you know, Shecky Green uh, lines. It's all it's all it's all a part of uh, keeping his name and an agency out there. And nobody's ever done it better. I would like to know, though, in terms of time allotment and, you know, when you get billable hours, and you start to look at the receipts and be like, OK, analytics research here. And uh, OK, uh, legal. <laughs> I know where you're going. How, how often one how much one time liners. Yeah, how much time does he devote to this? And how, how big is his team of writers? How many writers? He's got a better staff than Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, th this is a guy that is, you know, coming up with this stuff, and he's practicing, the, as you described on Thursday, Bruce, isn't he reading it off his, his iPhone, and he's, he's doing the whole performance art for the microphone, not necessarily the cameras. He combines a scientist's mind, a businessman's uh, brilliance, and a uh, 
and and a, and a savvy beyond uh, anybody else. He's also the top salesman in the game. So once a player sits down with him and his uh, crew, um, they they come over. He he is no no matter how strange it sounds. Uh, there's a reason why he's been the top agent in the game for over 25 years. Jeez, Bruce, if you throw in a metaphor or two, he's going to want to hire you if you have the platitudes for Scott Boris. You, you, you have to tip your hat to the best. I mean, on top of it, we haven't even talked about the fact that uh, he is pretty much in charge of, uh, with, with this guy Bruce Meyer, of handling the negotiations for the CBA from the uh, right. player's side of view. So he'll, right. he won't admit it, and he'll step away from it. But uh, believe me when I tell you, that's a fact. A lot of power, a lot of, a lot of stuff, and we'll talk about later in terms of his input and control over some players that both the White Sox and Cubs are interested in talking to this offseason. We're going to have a full final hour here on Inside the Clubhouse. It kicks off next. Russ Dorsey from the Sun-Times. He covers the Cubs. He will join Bruce and I when we come back. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 